to uh, um, let 180 Youth know, I'll be getting a letter out to you. I meant to do that before, but uh, we got swamped over the holidays, so I'll be getting a youth out to the students on uh, what's happening in 2023. So, yes. So let's welcome our online crowd. God bless you guys. They are just amazing. I have a groaner for you today just to get you started. And then, uh, but before I even tell you the joke, let, let me tell you about the seven days of power. Let me explain real quick. Seven day fast starts next Sunday. Now, you can do this however you'd like. You don't have to do anything. So this isn't, there's no pressure for you to do. I want you to listen to the Lord if you feel to do that. But fasting, this is what fasting is. Fasting is abstaining from food. Okay, we can fast other things, and that's still, I get it, we're fasting that. But the literal meaning of a fast is abstaining from food. And if we're doing it just to be legalistic, because you're, I'm telling you, that's not really a biblical fast. That's called a diet. And uh, I'm not trying to make you do that. Um, but this is what, you know, and here's something else you need to know. And I told our dream team today, fasting isn't going to move God. He's already moved. What fasting will do is for you. God doesn't need help. Fasting will help you and, and enlighten. It'll take some distractions out so you can hear him a little better or, or get some direction or whatever. So that's what that's about. You could fast a meal. You could fast all the meals. You could fast whatever you feel to fast. Some people will fast social media. That's not really food, but I get it. And it still will keep you kind of, how many know social media has no drama on it? And everybody on social media has a princess and a prince life. It's all wonderful. Oh, it's just so good. But we all know life is life, okay? So, I mean, just be led of the Lord. We're going to do seven days of power. Uh, I'm going to be seeking the Lord for just exactly how, how much, you know, what, God, how can I get into what you're doing and what you want us to do? And so we'll be, we're excited to do that. So here's your groaner. All right. There's these friars, okay, and, and, and they wanted to help the community out, and they wanted to be able to give back to the community, so they decided to open a flower shop, and they, they said, hey, you come and buy flowers, we're going to help the community, we're going to put a, a good portion of this money back in to the community, some's going to help the church, but most of it's going to come back to you guys, and the town loved it, the town was so excited, they got behind it, and people were buying flowers from these uh, friars that worked in the church, but there was a, another florist on the other side of town that was not happy, it was cutting in on his business. So he went to the friars and he asked them, please stop. I don't think this is fair. This is not good. You have a, 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 an angle and a leverage and that I don't have. And I want you to stop. The friars said, we can't. We feel that God gave us this idea and we want to help the people. And so, no, we can't. So he went back to them twice. They refused. So he hired Hugh McDormand. Hugh McDormand was the biggest thug in town. And he said, I want you to convince him to close the shop. So Hugh went to the friars. And he threatened them. It was bad. He threatened them, tore the shop up, just broke things to pieces. The friars were scared, and they closed it down. The moral of the story, only Hugh can prevent florist friars. <laughs> and you sat through that one. <laughs> you're all sitting there. If nothing else, you're going to be, this is just, I don't know. Hey, it's so good to have you at TLC today. If you're a guest here, just buckle your seatbelt. 
and we are, we are glad to be a part of uh, what God is doing. Church is growing. Uh, we're believing God for things. As I, as I told you last week, we're going to believe we've already paid off. We had two mortgages when we started this. We have one left. We're going to believe to pay that off. We're going to put on a new foyer at the right time as we move forward in the Lord. We've got to redo the parking lot at the right time. We're going to put a a place for our youth at the right time as we, we're going to, God is going to finance this whole thing. He's going to use us to do it, but we're not going to do it begging. We're not going to do it con- condemning or with guilt or manipulation. We're going to do it as of unto the Lord. And we're going to do it in such a way it's going to give him honor and glory. Somebody say amen to that. All right, well, let's talk about this. Today, I want to talk to you about mind games. You ever have those where you're just like, it's just the enemy wants to play tag or ping pong or tennis in your mind what you put your brain on what are the things that you concentrate on what are the things that you allow to take up residence in your brain what movie plays on in your head do you give place to the enemy and his lies when he throws the lies at you do you sit and think about them or what you do with that thought do you trust your five senses what you see, taste, touch, hear, smell. The enemy is a deceiver, so he can try to get you to, sometimes you think you see something and that's not what is there. How about these? What do you process? What do you believe? What do you do? Well, I, I just have this belief of God that he just arbitrarily picks someone to bless today. Well, you know, I'm gonna bless, I'm gonna bless Gibby here or Yukon Cornelius. I'm gonna bless him. Isn't that right, Yuke? So I'm going to bless him, but I'm not going to bless Brett today. That's not how God works. He doesn't just pick and choose. He works by kingdom. He works by covenant. He works by laws. And if you could learn those laws and you could do what the laws say, that's how things get transferred out of one kingdom and put into another. So it doesn't sound too religious, does it? But I don't want it to sound the other way. This is just about how things work. If I could show you how electricity worked and I could show you what wires to connect, you could connect those wires and plug a light into a, and because there's laws. Laws cannot be changed. I don't know about you, but I want to be a person of purpose. I want to raise a hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I want to know that, you know, that people are saying, you know what, I don't know what's going on with him, but something is different besides just me being ornery. So, yeah, that was my dad back there. Amen. <laughs> Too big for him to spank today. <laughs> Let me get to the chase. We say we want a move of God. We say we want things to personally change for us. We want what God wants. But do we really want that? Let me just say this. God has already moved. The issue isn't that is God going to move. The issue is in us. If God is in us, when we accept Christ... Our spirit is what is connected to God. Somebody say amen. That's how that happens. But you still have your mind, your will, and your emotion, your soul, and you still have your body. But your spirit is what's connected. Okay? So what I'm saying is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is connected to you. But we don't see things that way. We only see things like, ah, it'll work for this person, but it doesn't work for me. We've all been to church or a church or someplace, you know, where people, they, they come to church because 
something's going on. It's, it's okay for stuff to go on at church. You want stuff to go on. You want people to be excited. I get it. But have you ever been to the church where it's just like, man, if this gets any, any weirder, I'm just out. Where you just don't feel comfortable? I have been there. And, and here's the bottom line. I don't always understand everything. But sometimes if I know that God's in it, I might not understand it. But when people are involved, there's those other, you're one-third Holy Ghost. There's two-thirds of you that still needs work. There's stuff that I don't understand. There's stuff that I've looked out and I've seen people just shake under the power of God. I wasn't comfortable with it. I didn't like it. I, I mean, I'd love to tell you I did. I've seen it happen in the ministry the Lord has given me. I'm a little more comfortable with it now because I understand it a little better, but yet I'm not in control of it. That is God. I'm in control of the part that I release. I'm not in control of the people. I remember looking, you know, it's just stuff happening, and I'm looking at somebody saying, hey, I don't know, what do you think of this? And they're doing the same thing they were doing. And I'm like, I'm not asking you. <laughs> but God was doing, he was trying to, to help me. I remember being in a revival in another state. Kim and I went in this revival, and there was a person standing over, Kim had Fallen out kind of in the power in a chair or in this pew or something. And there was a person, right? And I thought, and she was doing this. And I'm like, Lord, if she sits on Kim, she's gone. And I don't mean that bad. I'm just trying to protect my wife. I don't know how to recover from that statement. But what I'm just saying is, I, you know, she's, Kim's not moving. And if this lady goes back, bless her heart. But, you know. But the Lord told me, get your mind off Kim and get your mind on me. And so I did. You know, the lady never fell on Kim. She's still living today. She's still with us. She's back there. And that was a great service. Sometimes we get our mind on stuff that's not really what we need to get our mind on. We have stuff that's, you know, we, we want man, people like, oh, I, that's how they judge everything, the manifestation, or they, well, people are just falling out all over the place. Oh, happy day. I like it if, you know, if that's what God wants, you know, if God wants to, his power and you release that's in you and there's just the presence of God and it's just so much that you feel like I can't stand there, I'm good with you falling over. I don't care. We have ushers that will catch you and put you on the ground, even cover you with a blanket. I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with, if that's why you came, what do you like when you get home? When you're not under the power. Now, there is such a thing as being, I get it, but I'm just saying, how are you in six weeks, six months? Did anything happen? Is there a change? Is there a difference? How many in here want fruit? I don't want fluff. I want fruit. I want stuff that works. I've had people leave church because I wouldn't give them a spiritual word every week. If you only eat once a week, you're already malnourished. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, I would do what the Lord said, but what if he said something you didn't like? I'm leaving. That preacher don't know what he's talking about. So I'm not going to make it up. I do believe in all the gifts. I do believe every one of them functions today. I do believe that. I do believe you can lay hands on the sick and they do recover. I do believe there's gifts of healing. I do believe in miracles. I do believe in speaking in other tongues. I do, I do, I do. And I've seen it happen. I've seen things grow out. I've seen things snap in place. I've watched demons go. I know God still delivers today. I've seen him do it. But people need something past a one-time experience. People don't know the difference between a miracle and a blessing. And we've been trained to figure, oh, I just need a miracle. I need a miracle. And thank God he does miracles. Thank God they're still available. But people don't know the difference between a miracle and blessing. They want a miracle, but what they really need is walking in blessing. Let me explain. The definition of a miracle is suspension or superseding of natural laws. Suspension or superseding of natural laws. Walking on the water. Miracle. Can't usually do that unless it's frozen. (laughs) Then you just got to let it go. Sorry. But that's a miracle, okay? God created natural laws. Now listen to what I'm saying. He doesn't suspend them or supersede them at random. If you live for a miracle and that's all you need, you're going to live from crisis to crisis. There has to be a desperate need. And thank God he does. He comes in and he is the miracle. He is the way maker. I get it. But a miracle is temporary. Oh, Lord, I need you to pay this bill. I need you to pay this bill. And I'm not saying I've not been there. I've been there. So listen to what I'm saying. I need you to pay this bill. And a miracle happens. But guess what rent is due the next month? It's due again. So do I live from crisis to crisis, or do I make some changes? If I live in blessing, I have figured things out because God has shown me wisdom and gave me revelation, and now I can walk in blessing. So when things are happening, I don't need a miracle. I already have because I've been in blessing. We are putting our hand to it. He's asked me to make some changes in what we do. That's why I say we're going to pay some things off. We're not going to go anymore in debt. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let's relate this to the church. People want an experience. And they they want that event, but they don't want the lifestyle. You know how many times I've, I get calls in the middle of the night, Pastor, I need you to come and pray for me. And I am not God. Just understand that. I am not God. How many want an, I am not God? But I am one of his kids. And so are you. They could call you just like they could call me. Because the same Jesus Christ spirit that is inside of me is inside of you. The reason might be that I just recognize it. And I still need work on that. But what will happen is God will show up. But he's already been there. 
But in our minds, he just showed up. I had people call me and say, Pastor, I need you to come to this house because there are weird things going on in this room. We hear things and there's stuff happening. I need you to come and I need you to, what do they call that? I need you. I said, just come and get that out. Yeah. So I did. I went to the house and they, this is what they said before I went in the room. The room is locked up. They got tape like on the door. Like the demon, oh, I'm sorry, that's a caution tape. We can't go in there. I don't know. But anyway, she said, now just know, can you promise me? Can you promise me if you go in there, whatever's in there, we'll leave? I said, yeah, I can promise you. She said, really? I said, absolutely. She said, that's awesome. I said, but I can also promise you this. I'm going to leave too. What? I'm going to leave too. I'm not the priest of this home. So I'm going to go in and do what you've asked me to do because greater is he that's in me. And they're like, so what's that mean? I said, so that means you're going to have to take charge. So I went in, just went in, and I'm telling you, all I did is walk in the room, and God was, he just walked in before me. I did what he told me to do. Room was clean. She goes, this is the best this room's felt. I said, I got to go. You want some coffee? <laughs> that was the same house. I think it was the same house. They said, could you go around the yard and, and uh, just anoint the yard and the whole boundary of the house? And I said, oh, well, yeah. Could you use oil? And they handed me a bottle of Crisco. See, it's not just for chicken. I said, oh, okay. I didn't feel in my spirit not to. I'm like, all right, because I, sure, why not put God in? So I went around that yard. <sighs> True story. So I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, it's not like I practice flinging Crisco oil. <laughs> so I started, I'm like, I don't know, you know. So I started speaking in tongues. Goes, you know, when you don't know what to say, you can speak in tongues. Because the Bible says if you do, you know, you can pray in tongues. It says you pray perfectly. Not too many times can I do anything perfectly. So I'm like, shut out all of my clothes. And I'm slinging this. Have you ever done something and you feel like somebody's watching you? I got about halfway around the yard and I thought, somebody is staring at me. And I look around, there's a neighbor on the other side of the hedge going. <laughs> and I thought, I mean, there's that long pause. I'm looking at them. They're looking at me. I got half a bottle of Crisco now. And I thought to myself, I don't live here. Shut up. <laughs> when are we going to understand that greater is God that is inside you? That all you have to do is say, God. We're like, oh, we used to sing songs. Send him on down. Lord, let the Holy Ghost. He's already in you. You don't have to send him on down. You can just let him out. Start letting God have power in situations. But we judge things by manifestation. Oh, this is what happened or this. And it doesn't mean it's not a good service. It doesn't mean it's not good. But there's more to it than that. I want to talk about people that believe in destiny. I'm tired of mind games. Who am I talking to this morning? I want to talk about people that are just, I'm, I'm tired of status quo. I don't want a 2023 to just be a year of existence. God has more. I want to see some fruit. How about you? 
How many feel in your spirit that, you know, God is doing something, not just in this church, but he is already, he's stirring us up. Now, he doesn't have to do anything per se. He's already done it, but he is showing us. He's revealing. He is doing what he is doing. He's already done, and we are seeing it now, some for the first time. He's about to change our mindset. He's about to give your mind something bigger than just the games the devil plays. It is, in some ways, I guess people could say, if you've heard that phrase, it's mind over matter. And as far as the devil's concerned, if you don't mind, it don't matter to him. But I'm into taking things back that are God's. I'm into taking things back that the enemy tried to take from me. Something's about to work its way through. I'm not going to let negativity stop me. I've come too far to turn back now. This is what I feel like today. I feel like I work for the UPS. I'm the delivery man, the United Preacher Service. (laughs) I'm bringing a package today, and y'all going to open it. I want you to apply what I'm going to teach you. Somebody just give God some praise. Let's give him five seconds of thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So let's talk about some mind games. What do you think about? Life and death, the Bible says, is in your mouth. And your future is tied to your confession, what you're speaking, what you're declaring, who your allegiance is with, whose side are you on? We spend a lot of time cheering for other people, and we're happy when things are good and they happen, and what God's doing, we, we grasp that, and like, yes. And so many times, sometimes I know Kim and I were like, I want that to happen with me. But, you know, I'm, I'm not really declaring that, so I have to change my mind. God, what are you wanting for me? And let me change what I say. He has no respect of persons. His laws don't change. His kingdom doesn't change. I want to use what he's put out there and see the fruit from it. The Bible says Isaiah was a prophet of God. Matter of fact, he was called the eagle eye prophet. He was called that because he could see clearly. He had the ability to see clearly into the future, and he could do it with great detail. And he could also say what was going to come to pass. So people are just like, wow, this dude. Well, if we could say in this generation, he's dope. Does this generation say that still? Okay. (laughs) Sorry, Elijah. (laughs) Anyways, Isaiah, that's who I'm saying. So anyway, Let let me put it to you in a way we can understand. Think about your car windshield. You can see a lot further i mean you can see it's big and then you have your rear view mirror and those are important how many knows it's hard to back up without your rear view mirror some of you can learn to do that i know people that do um i learned how to use my side mirrors anybody learn you know it's just nice to be able to some people you know you learn lean over your side i get it all of those help but the big is in front The earlier we believe what God is calling us to do, the greater and longer we'll enjoy walking in his destiny. We start recognizing, Lord, this is what you planned for me. The Bible says without vision, 
people perish. You need something that drives you, something that you're looking at. What's in front of you? What's on your vision board? You're not too young to have vision. You're not too old to have vision. Moses didn't really start anything until he was 80. Let me ask you a question. What do you want to be when you grow up? I'm still growing. I want to go up, not out. I'm working on that. Just saying. So anyway, if some of the guests are like, I just don't know about him. What's your plan to get there? Hey, if this is something God put in your heart, what is your plan to get there? People all have different needs. Some need motivation. You know, if we were up in a plane, some people are like, I want to do this. I want to do this. Push me out because they want to skydive. Other people are like, you ain't pushing me out of the plane. They'll go up and say they're going to, then they get up and go, mm-mm. Some people need pulled out. Where are you at? What vision do you need so you can see yourself flying, so to speak? I'm going to pull some things out today, show you some things that I hope will help you so you can live your life on purpose. Somebody say amen. Give your neighbor a high five. Something's about to happen. God is bigger than what you're looking at. There's all kinds of things that we've lived through as a, as a nation. COVID. No toilet paper. There's so many things that have just come our way that's like, oh my goodness, gas prices up, down, in between. There's sickness and all of those things that people are, oh, you can't do this. Now you're seeing even some people still mask, and that's okay. I get it because there's so many uncertainties. They're just, and I understand. But I thought about dying. I'm against it. I thought about being sick, but I don't like that either. I'm against it. I thought about being broke, busted, and disgusted. That's not good. I'm against it. There's so many things that if I would just tap into what God has done, I could change my mindset. You know, there's people that still call hurricanes and tornadoes and storms acts of God. I'm sick of sickness and COVID and all the stuff that goes with that. I believe God wants you to take new territory this morning. Territory that's been in your spirit and your authority in him. I'm just trying to share what the Lord's telling me. Now, my wife knows I'm a fighter. Don't do karate now. I'd still like to. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. I got three belts, three different... Whatever. I'd like to go... I like tournaments. I like to... I would enter in all the tournaments in kata and in sparring. Sparring was my favorite. I liked it. Being that's kind of in my MO or in my makeup, she doesn't worry about being protected. 
<laughs> she probably more worries about, honey, just calm down. Just You need to just calm. Take a chill pill. Just sit right. No, you don't need to pop his head off. Thank God for him. Just sit right there. You know, you could just see. I mean, cause in my, because that's how it used to be. She'd say, you were such a redneck. But I really wasn't. My dad can tell you. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be a redneck. But I didn't like people picking on the little kid that couldn't defend himself. I didn't like that. I didn't like things that I would see. And there'd be things I remember walking to the popcorn festival and people trying to start a fight in the middle of the street that's got 70 million people in it. And, you know, you're just like, ah, oh, that poor guy. And she'd say, can you help him? Yeah. And then, of course, the police got there to break it up. I didn't even have to. But I was going to. In my house. This is what would happen. It's never going to happen. Let me just say that. I'm going to speak live to that. Nobody has ever broken my house, and nobody will. But if I'm just making a hypothetical story, go with me for a minute. So I'm just saying, if there was an intruder, and I would not, some of you have heard this story, but I would not get on my knees and say, oh God, God, please, just don't let them come into the room where Kim and I are and keep the kids safe. Let them find what they want and get out. That's not happening. No. Brett's going to find his gun. And if I don't have that, I've got two of them. And so, Hecker High Water, front lawn is where they're going, and while she calls the cops. All right, let me reel you back in, because now I'm getting all caught up. What I'm saying is, you have to take authority. God is going to push you past your comfort stage. Or going to draw you that way. Let's just say, I don't know if it's pushing or he's just going to show you. And you decide whether you take it. But you can rise higher than where you are. You can put your hand to it. Coasting isn't going to cut it. Where this world is heading, you cannot coast. You do not have to, you know, they're telling, we have to tolerate everything. Everything is, is good and okay and all of this. You know, this is what, I'm going to love everybody, but everything doesn't line up with this. I didn't write this, but I believe every word of it. So that is what I uphold. Not in a judgy way. I'm going to love people. They have a different lifestyle. They're welcome here. I love that. Thank God. But hopefully through the preaching and the anointing, they'll go, I need to make a change because that's wrong. It's pretty quiet in here. Anyway, fun fact for you, Jesus quoted Isaiah more than any other prophet. He started his ministry by using the book of Isaiah. And you know, if Jesus is quoting you, you've got something going on. I mean, that's pretty good. Isaiah 6, 1 and 8 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood a seraphim, each one with six wings, with two covered his face, two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. One cried to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. The house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. One of the seraphim flew uh, to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. 
Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Also, I heard a voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. Isaiah is quoting and saying these things. Jesus is quoting him in different ways. This is awesome. But what he says, the year, uh, the year King Uzziah died, he says he saw the Lord. The changing of the guard. You know, the things that I've done with my sons, I'm believing them that they would do what God has called them to do. We still believe that to this day. We, we proclaim it in my house. I want them to do what God, if it's not preaching, then do whatever he's calling you to do, but do it with the, the grace of God and the anointing that he put inside you, as well as my daughters. We went from a building before we got this one, so it was a smaller place, to 5,000. We tripled our size to about a 15,000 square foot building, so it is bigger. It's going to require more. It's going to house more. It's going to do more. Greatness always repeats itself from generation to generation. God never leaves himself without a witness. Folks, God is waking us up to truth that's already inside us. Isaiah gave us three types of vision. This is the three thoughts we have today. It's not going to take us that long. Look up, look in, and look out. He starts the vision looking up. He sees God high and lifted up. Sometimes that's, that was my view when I first got saved, that God was a big old man with a white beard up in heaven with one of those hammers like whack-a-mole on it. And every time I did something wrong, popped my head up, he went, Poof. and that was my, that's how I thought. I mean, and I had to figure, you know, I just had to get involved and figure out that's not what the Bible says, that's not how God is. But we only see him so many times on a religious level. We see him the way that maybe grandma saw him. And I'm sure he was real to grandma, so this isn't taking anything away from that. But how many knows that generations live through different things? There's people that went through stuff that are here, like my folks. And, you know, they, things are different now than they were then. How, how about, I mean, even things that we watch on media. I grew up, I remember when we first got a black and white TV. If you had color, you were somebody. I mean, that was, all, we could watch TV now. We all watched Rudolph and the Wizard of Oz at the same time on whatever time zone you were in. Because it wasn't on YouTube. That wasn't even around. I'm getting there. There are people in the sound of my voice that went through the depression. They went through different things. World wars. Or people did everything. They had to recycle things and they had to, you know, make aircraft and do whatever. I mean, there was just so many things threatened, you know, in our country way back in the day. You're not free because it's chance. You're free because somebody paid for it. But we would limit our view. How many remember this? You can tell me what it is. Ding. You ask a kid now. What's that? Why'd you hit the computer? Because they didn't, they didn't, they don't use them. I remember, you ever see the first thing that you ever saw wireless? If we had remote controls as a kid, they always had a wire attached to them. And it was only like three feet long. Some idiot from some toy company, yeah, that's good. <laughs> made you walk like Tim Conway just to make the toy work. I'm sorry. 
You see, the world looks at us and sometimes it goes, ah, I don't know. They only see God the way maybe they heard about him years ago, back in the day. But he's bigger than that, folks. He's bigger than that. Don't limit him. What's he doing and what's he want to do now? Not new to him. We have different needs. You know, back then, they, they were in line just to get food and clothes. And let me just say, when we were first married and we went into ministry, I was, we, we got food stamps, WIC, whatever the thing is called where they bring, you know, the guy brings peanut butter and Cheerios. And the guy across the street, they were getting the swan guy that brought ice cream. <laughs> And we would get, you know, take the kids. And, and there's a time, I think, you know, if you need that, that's what's there for. And we needed that. And there was a point where I'm saying, we're done here. And we walked out. And we never went back. But, you know, back in the day, they needed, they had food lines for people to stand in. And, and there's, again, if you need it, that's why we have food banks. That's why we give to this uh, uh, Breaking Bread. Because they help feed 300 families. We want to be part of that. But today, let's be honest, we've got closets of clothes and nothing to wear. We have to see him high and lifted up. You see, you're not where you used to be, but you can't get to where you're going because you've got to see it. You've got to see him higher than your trouble. You've got to see him higher than your trouble. God is not just a Sunday morning God. He's not just an emergency God. He's not just the God for crisis. And again, thank God for miracles. Some people use church as medication. i got to go to church, and I'm glad you want to come to church. But if you're coming to church just to get your fix, there's more. I just want to be a church so I don't feel guilty. Your relationship can be better than that. Because you're wasting faith. We do need filled up. We need each other. But not just to live our own lives. That's what the gospel is. Go and tell. Go into all the world. Jesus is looking for people that will say, like Isaiah said, send me. Let me tell them. My mom, she'd lead a wooden Indian to Christ. We'd be in the store when I was a kid when they first got saved. And, I mean, she'd go into the checkout line and she'd start witnessing to the cashier. And you don't tell my mom no. You can tell her no. She's oblivious to it. The line would be back clear up from there to the hostess ding-dong somewhere. And she's, she's telling them all about, you know, well, God needs you. Just what you need. Raise your hand say this prayer with me. There's people behind going, oh, and I mean, just a kid, I'm like, Mama! But I'm thankful for a mother that loves God. We need our will to fight because we need to use the faith God has given us to show the world there's more. You need faith that'll get you past where you're at right now. Brett, I need healed. I know. We all have something. But see, I want, I want you to be motivated. I want you to be hungry. I'm not, I'm not there yet, but you're close. 
See, the fields are white with harvest. The workplace, the neighborhood, the mall, Starbucks, at school. I want to do life. Faith is going to take you higher. Faith to faith, glory to glory. The way you look at yourself, your purpose. You, you are valuable. Here's our second thought. You need to look in. You know, Kim and I have had five kids. Can't work all the time. Got five kids, wonderful kids. One's in heaven. Got four amazing kids that are here. But none of those kids are Chinese. None of those kids are black. They're all white, like Kim and I. Nothing wrong. Just hear what I'm saying. Because we're both white. But our DNA is in those kids. God loves all colors. Don't care what you are. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if, you know, if you're interracially married. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not against that either. That's, so that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is your DNA is transferred to them. You can look at my sons and go, that's Brett's boy. There's pictures of me and Zach as little. Oh, let me just bring it down here. Have you ever seen Arrow? Arrow is like Justin Jr. <laughs> Maybe even on steroids. I mean, you're like, I don't know how Mal stays so thin. Go to her house for about 20 minutes. Arrow, 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 arrow. I mean, that kid, he is fast. But he looks just like his daddy. You see, when people see us, they should see God. Because his DNA now, when you accept Christ, is inside you. You see, I don't have to try because it's already in there. Because my daddy's blessed. I see him high and lifted up. I have confidence in who he is and, and whose I am. And I can look inside myself and see him in there. I can believe God to meet my needs, and I do that by asking. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. And it's kind of a compliment, isn't it? I wouldn't ask him if I didn't think he could deliver or he's not already got it. And the truth is, it's already there. If I ask, and I'll just use Justin since I'm picking on him today. If I asked Justin, and if I said, hey, Justin, I really could use $1,000. Now listen to me. Now that is my son-in-law. He's not back there writing a check right now. <laughs> let, me get that, let me get that out there. But this is what I'm saying. I wouldn't be asking him if I didn't think he had it. And even not even saying what I'm saying, just the fact by I know he can do it or I wouldn't have asked him at all. Does that make sense? So he has the ability or he has the resources to do it. And if you feel led, Justin. But no, no, I'm just eating. <laughs> but it's a compliment in itself because, you know, when we're saying, God, you meet all my needs. You are Jehovah Yeh. You are the God that provides. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are the God that heals. I mean, we could just go through the list because he does all of those things. I don't want to just waste my time. You see, people have got the impression church is just a waste of time. You'll try it for a while. When I got saved, I had people at work said, I give it six months and you won't be saved anymore. Well, baby, it's, I got second in 1980. I'm not saying I did it perfect, but I'm still going strong. Yeah. 
God's already provided everything I need. Back in the day, kings had trains, you know, like a wedding gown. I talked about it last week. Kim had on our wedding, she had quite a long gown. But the Bible says that his train filled the temple. If that's just his train, you see, they had, their kingdoms were as big as their trains. So if they had a real long train, they had a bigger kingdom. But if his train filled the temple, that's not even the robe. That's just the thing that touches the ground. What's the robe like? God has all power. Every tongue has to confess. Every knee has to bow. Every sickness has to go. He has put those those, uh, things inside you for you to declare his greatness. He's high and lifted up. His train fills the temple. He can do anything his word says. Maybe we're asking not enough because we just don't believe it. What do you believe? People will say, but I've got a vision. But let me just say this. If your vision and you can do it and you don't need any help, it's not a God vision. The thought of paying 400 and some thousand dollars to pay this thing off, that's got to be a God thing. I don't know how long that'll take. You know what? That's his job. But I want what God wants. There's times when it seems like nobody can help you but God. Come on, am I right about it? Nobody can help you. Not dad, not uncle, not grandpa, not anybody. You need God and you need God and that's all you need. It matters who you hang with. It matters who you rub shoulders with. If everybody in your crowd, you're the one that they look to, that's fine and that's good and you can help mentor them. But you need somebody that you can rub shoulders with that's going to challenge you. Psalms says that God inhabits the praises of his people. When Paul and Silas in midnight in prison, they began to let God out. He was inside. They began, no matter what was going on, they began to sing praises. They started praising God. It shook the whole place. And everybody in there got a glimpse of his power. When we get together and we agree and we talk about the greatness and goodness of God, God will sit in our conversation. You know, that's like the mercy seat. They just, those angels on top of that just sat and they touched their wings. He's already inside you. You can't get all of God, but you can give him all of you. You can't waste your time being sucked in by haters and negativity. I'm almost finished. And then I'll let them turn the music on, okay? All right. You got to create and set an atmosphere that draws him. In other words, you got to change who you are. you got to change your mindset, your talk. I, I quit complaining about gas prices. I just figured no matter how high they go or low they go or whatever, God's providing no matter what. You know, people are praying, oh, I'm a Christian. Uh, I want a deal. I think we have favor, and I think we can get good deals. How many have witnessed a good deal and God gave you favor? I have. But let me just say this. I don't use it as a crutch. I believe, again, if I walk in blessing, whether they give me a deal or not, I don't have to get a deal to get it. I can just get it. Because I walk in his blessing. I have more than enough. I don't have to pray things down. It's inside me. I just have to activate. I start changing how I think and what I say. 
I think right now, I think all of us could say this, myself included. I've been thinking too low. I've been asking too low. I've been talking too low. I need to raise everything higher. I mean, this this is what it reminds me of. George Jefferson. It's time to go up. Well, we're moving on up to the east, you know, and take Wheezy with you. Just get your mindset, hey, it's time. I'm tired of staying down in the low level. It's time, God, show me what I can do. How many people can I help? What do you want me to do? Do you want me to call the pastor? No, he says, you go pray for him. And just let God be inside you and do what he wants to do. Hang around the people that love God. Iron sharpens iron. Some people say, "Hmm, I don't know, Brett, you're too old. You're too late. Just stay put. Listen to the Lord. Listen to the Lord. The devil is a liar. God gave you a vision for a reason. You can ask Google, Siri, Alexa, but they're not God. Jesus said, look up, your redemption draws nigh. I want to get closer to the next level. See, that's what hunger does. Remember I talked about thirst and hunger? Hunger gives power to vision. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, then do something about it. You see, their hunger. Jesus fed 20,000 people with five loaves and two fish. And it motivated him. His compassion for them. You guys feed them. Master, this is all we have. He's saying, you're not seeing what I'm seeing. Do you trust me? Feed my sheep. I'm telling you this morning, you can't eat the way you used to eat. Not if you want to go further. Where God is leading you, you have to change your eating habits. You can't do church like you've always do. It's not just a social club. I mean, it's good to have connections at church, but you got to come to church fired up and ready to go, man. Let's bring as many people to church as we can. Let God do all the stuff. Just get them here and just love on them. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So let me tell you this, and I'm, I'm just about finished. The enemy would say, Let me, let me make it this way. If I was the enemy and I couldn't get you to see God in a bad way, I would get you to see yourself in a bad way. Remember the Israelites? We are like grasshoppers in their sight. That's what we thought, and they thought that too. Because if you can't see yourself the way God sees you, you're not open to what he has for you. We just settle for being a cheerleader. It works for everybody, but it doesn't work for me. I'm not up here to, I mean, yes, I'm ornery, I guess. I'm funny. I was the class clown of my class, go figure. But I'm not really doing this for your entertainment. I'm hoping that it compels you to listen, but I'm ministering for your preparation. You understand what I'm saying? I'm getting you ready. You see, I don't want to have to make every touchdown. I'm, you know, this is what I'm praying. I'm praying now, I'm praying a youth leader in. Because I'm doing youth, among the other things that I'm doing. 
And I love 180. I love 180. But I'm not supposed to be doing it for a long time. So I did it for three months last year, and now we're going to revamp and get her going again this year. But eventually here soon, God's going to take care of that. Here's the last thing, and it's short. And I know what time it is. I know what time it is. I don't care what time it is, but I know what time it is. But it's not going to be long. Look out. I want you to look up. I want you to look in. I want you to look out. God doesn't come into your life just to tell you where you are. You know where you are. He comes to tell you where you're going. And he will help you get there. It's more important than where you are because what you're going to do is going to help the kingdom of God. He's called you to be one of his soldiers. God told Abraham, look out from where he was. And as far as he could see, he said, I'm going to give it to you. If you can see it, If you can see it, if you can see it, God will release it in your life. You have to get a picture. Remember when we pray, and we're going to pray over the offering in just a couple minutes. Mark 11, 23 and 24 says, we believe we receive when we, how do we we receive it? We believe we receive it when we pray, not when it shows up. Because you get a mental lock of what, if you're praying for this, what that look like. I've already seen this place filled. I've already seen this filled with multiple services. People ask me, what are you going to do when you have to preach four services? Are you kidding me? I'm going to preach four services. Give me more. I'll be excited. And when we were doing two services, and we'll be doing two services as soon as another 40 or 50 people come. We'd be sitting there eating lunch, and they'd ask me a question, and I'd be like, oh, my voice would be starting to go. Just because I preached hard twice. I'll preach hard four times, and God will sustain my voice every service. But people will get saved, and people will get touched, and people will get delivered. Not because I'm doing it, but because you're here, and this is the thing. Because both of us have the spirit of the living God inside of us. We can look up. We can look in. We can look out. Are you looking at what he's telling you? Because if you can see it, you can attain it. What's your vision? What's your purpose? What are your goals? Vision says, what do you see? Purpose says, why you see it. Goals are how you're going to get there. I believe God has called you just like he's called me. I can't do your vision. You can't do mine. Music. So this is what I'm challenging you today. Sometimes we put ourselves through mind games. Because we entertain like, I just, I, I don't know what the block is. We've all had those. So please understand, I am not trying to judge you or to make anybody here feel bad. I have lived through them myself. How many knows this? When you're... When you have food in the refrigerator and gas in the car, it's easy to tell everybody about the goodness of God. But when your tank is on W for walk and you don't have food, and people will say, well, just how, how's God going to do it? There's a battle starts going on. The enemy, those darts, that's where that shield goes. I don't know how he's going to do it. 
That's his worry. If really God doesn't worry, you know what I'm saying. That's just his job. I don't do his job. My job is to declare, is to believe without a shadow of a doubt. I got three minutes. If you give me three minutes, can you do that? I don't know why the Lord wants me to share this. I haven't thought of this story in, in a long time. But uh, my understanding was it was based on a true story. It was in California or somewhere. There was an earthquake, and there were kids in a school. And the building toppled in, and the kids, it was a kindergarten class, first through fifth grade, let's just say, elementary school, were all buried in this rubble. And the earthquake had stopped. Police and excavators were there, and they had put caution tape around the whole scene. And people were, news people were there, and they're saying they don't know that anybody could have survived. So they have all of these students in there. And there was a little girl in there that was ringing to the people this message. And this is what happened, my understanding. Again, it's been years since I've shared this. The father was told, he knew the earthquake, obviously, but the school had collapsed and the kids were trapped. They weren't sure if they were alive. He raced to the scene. Police stood around that with the caution tape, doing the police stance and doing all that. He looked at the policeman. He said, I, my daughter's in there. And they said, you, you can't go in. It's forbidden. He pushes the officer aside, ducks under the tape, goes over and starts getting stones and throwing as many of the stones off to the side. Soon the crowd could not be held back and they all rushed in and they were beginning, men and women together on three, they were picking stones up and throwing them and throwing them. And soon they found something and they heard a voice. And they cleared it away and here was the little girl in her class and she turned around to her class and she said, told you my daddy would come I told you nothing would stop my daddy my friends your daddy's here nothing will stop him from loving you he can't love you anymore he won't love you any less he is here and he wants to be inside you to make the change of your mind would you bow your heads with every head bowed